MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. And also make sure to download the SGPN app to your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 141. This one's going out to Mother Nature, because weather is finally nice up here in um, MMA Gambling Podcast Studios North. I hear it's also nice in MMA Gambling Podcast Studios South, but uh, very nice weather, so this goes out to Mother Nature. It's about, about downtown, Dan time, damn time. Sun's out, gun's out. Um, who am I stumbling over his words already? I would be the ho- one of the hosts. I don't want to say I'm the I'm the only host. I, we we do call the other person associate host, but I think he's just a, a plain host at this point because he's actually been on every episode, and I I um, bagged a few of them off, so he he, sh- he should really be uh, just uh, promoted to an actual host. So, what's my nickname? You may say, what's my name? I am Da Last Samurai Jeff Fox. Um, thank you for coming to the show. This is the show where we break down fights and tell you how to make money on them. Um, hopefully, we can make some money this week. Um, in a little bit of a slump, a two-week slump, which is the, my first slump of 2022. Um, hope, hoping to break out of this week. We're going to break down a couple of events for you. The UFC, of course, is back at the UFC Apex um, this Saturday with the UFC Fight Nights. So we're going to break down that. And then we got a little Bellator action for you as well. The quote-unquote second-rate promotion we're going to break down three fights on there at the end of the end of the pod for you if you want some uh the gen action on friday and of course you do you want the gen action every night of the week so all right let's crack into it these podcasts are getting extraordinarily long because all the nonsense we, we like to talk and i'm sure we're gonna have a lot of sidetracks and um who knows where where we'll go off the rails but uh, let's just crack into it right away i'm gonna bring in the host one of the hosts of the show um he goes by gumby some people call him Danny or Dan or Daniel. You can call him I, any of those if you like. Daniel Gumby Reland. Hello. So you you just told everybody that you had a bad week last week. Am I wrong or did and you hit? Yes. Yeah, did you hit three out of four recommended plays? Profitable in those, and I'm fairly certain you were profitable the week before that. So like, yeah, it's hard to pick every bad single. for me. It's hard to pick every single fight right, but like, don't 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 no sell it. Don't no Whoa, no no sell your. Don't no sell your picks. You're better than that. It's true. I, am, I also I, am, had, I also had good picks. Everybody. He did. I'm actually. <laughs> uh, I'm still up money. I'm picking every fight in the UFC in 2022. Betting a hundred bucks on every line? fight. How close huh? are you to that line of of no, no, no longer being profitable? No, I'm I'm just looking it up now. No, I think I'm still pretty well. I've been bleeding like 300 bucks every week at this point, but I'm still up 457 bucks. So I'm I should be okay for at least another another week of. Excessive bleeding, I'll still be in uh, profit, which is we're 184 fights in. So I never thought it would last this long because as we've discovered over the what year and a half we've done this, two years we've done this podcast, that you, you can't bet on every fight the same amount because you're going to lose eventually. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's finally caught up with me, but who knows? Dan's giving me a pep talk. Coach Dan's telling me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. This is um, There's some wacky lines in this fight card, as we've already gotten into. 
a few fights I had question marks beside. I, I think I solidified all of them. Um, all of them today. Oh God, after. There, there, there are hmm. two miserable ones on this card to pick. Yep. There, yeah. There, there are two that, there are there some are two like, that, I don't want to pick either guy. There are two <laughs> that really bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, there are fights where people have not won a fight since 2018, uh, fighting each other. So, like, who do you pick there? That was the one that's, I had. Uh, yeah. That's the one I Like, who do I pick here? Neither of these guys you, have won in four you, years. You want to hear a hot take? That's not even the one I had the most trouble with. Ah. <laughs> I, or, I've already written, uh, the column with all the picks that'll be going up on sports tomorrow. And as I'm writing it, I'm changing my picks as I'm writing it. So um, <laughs> for, for the one fight. So that shows you that, that will not be my, my recommended play this week uh, at the very least. But um, before you crack into it, any news, I'm trying to think of any news. Looks like we're going to get an interim uh, flyweight title fight at UFC 277, Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France part two, uh, even though the champ, expects to be healthy and ready to go by October. Um, thoughts on that? Uh, look, I, I bring this back to the same thing is giving the interim title shot to surreal gain um, and Derek Lewis with yeah. Francis Ngannou. Like if you need an extra title fight to be on a card and this is how we do it, right? We give an interim title fight to a dude who's only going to be out six months, which ultimately is not terribly a long time. If you want to do it, I'm fine with it because it's going to bring in the casuals and it's a number one contender fight. And we were going to have this number one contender fight anyway. So who the hell cares if it's got an interim title on it? But with the Francis thing, much like the, you know, and I have no idea how Davison's going to react to this being a interim title shot. I just hope they were upfront with him. Like, hey, man, if you can't fight in July, we're going to do an interim title fight and then you'll just fight that guy. And as long as they tell that guy ahead of time, I don't give a shit. Yes, communication is key in life, Dan. Uh, no, no matter um, no matter what we're talking, communication is key here. Um, Ero Hawani actually had a good point on it. Um, he's come around on interim title fights because um, the fighters involved get more money, and one of them gets to be quote unquote a champion, so he gets a higher rate when he goes into the, the next fight. So why not? Um, I view which I, I agree with. Uh, that's fine. I still view them as they're basically number one contender fights, but Hey, if you, if I just get more money then then uh, that's, uh, that's all good with me. Well, and we used to have those back in the day for, for yeah. people who haven't been fans of, of the UFC for, for 10 to 12 years, so to speak, like there used to be fights where two guys would walk into the card. Dana White said, this is a number one contender fighter. He used to call them title eliminators all the time rather yeah. than a number one contender fight. This is a title eliminator. And then that guy would get a title shot. Now, once or twice, he walked it back and didn't wind up giving the guy a shot because of a shitty performance. And I think that's probably why they don't anymore. But this one is like a legit guarantee. In addition to one guy getting to call himself champion, which in this case, it might be a guy who already called himself champion. And, you know, depending on how you viewed that last fight, might still have a right to call himself champion. Um, Like, regardless of your take on that, they also now get that guarantee. They Dana White doesn't have the ability to walk it back anymore. And for me, that's maybe even more valuable than the ability to call yourself champion. Like yeah. he now has to unify the titles, which is, hey, if you're like giving them the title, quote unquote, title fight that they need on their card to sell a couple extra pay-per-views. Cool. Like you're doing something for them. They're doing something for you. Very. Yes. Very good point. 
Um, or he could just take your title away like he did. Did he take Colby's away? I think when Colby was interim champ. I have I have no problem with that. <laughs> of, course <you laughs> of course you don't. Yeah, there's uh, every situation <laughs> requires a different uh, take on these things. But yeah, um, any other news of note? I, I nothing comes to mind as Kip Dynamite says in the movie. Nothing comes to mind, Dan. Anything comes to mind to you? No, that that's pretty much uh, pretty much the only big stuff out out the gate right now. Good. Let's make some money, shall we? But first, we, mm, go ahead. I was we just shall? gonna say we should we shall. Yeah, yeah. We we shall. We shall for sure. But first. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how to make money over at WinBet, or you can take actually the advice we give you here and take it over to WinBet and get down on their promotion they have on right now. Wins, bet $50, win a $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. So you can get in all the UFC picks we're going to give you. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Wins Build Your Own Bet. Feature all users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. Go Suns, go. I watched the game down, obviously, and I watched the game last night too. So we're good. I'm up to date. Three, two, Suns. Oh, the, 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 the one before you were probably not particularly happy about. Were you? No, well, <laughs> we, we need Chris Paul to actually um, be good again, but hey, they're winning. Um, they, he wasn't that good last night either, and they won anyhow. So, um, but bet on the Suns over at WinBet because there's so much to choose from over there. And all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit WynBet.com to get started. I spelled that a little too quickly for some of you people, especially use those of you who listen to your podcast at uh, one and a half speed like I do. Do you do that as well, Dan, or do you listen the regular speed? No, I, I don't do that mostly because uh, a, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are comedy podcasts, yes, uh, yes. which makes it. Like when the comedic timing is off on things, it's really off-putting. <laughs> yes, it's true. A uh, comedy ones I do not listen. Like comedy bang bang, I listen to normal speed because, yes, you can't have, um, can't have speed and half. So I figured after all these years listening to you at speed and half, it would sound like you're having a stroke when I started talking to you on this podcast. But it, I, it hasn't for some reason. <laughs> Maybe you sped up your talk. I'm like he's gonna sound like he's having a stroke because I'm used to listening to him one and a half times speed. But no, you sound all right. Oh, that's, go. that's good to hear. Oh, I, I got to tell you something else about WinBet, of course. Their off, offers are subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. While I'm on a roll, let me tell you about Manscaped as I play with my massive beard that I haven't shaved forever. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to have you checked, Dan, since the last podcast, how many aisles here you have in your pants? I believe it was exactly five, so it's perfect, the last perfect. aisle. All right. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code... SGP Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The performance package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants to start off your spring cleaning needs to Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shape on your hedges. We mentioned it's waterproof as well. No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with the led light. So, you know, it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer, provide proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent snacks nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes 
you, some people probably wondered where I was headed when I said holes, but no, I'm talking about your nose. After clearing your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver, spray-on toner for your balls. Both those uh, terms, Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, are trademark people, so don't try to steal it, all right? Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0. I don't see a trademark beside that, so maybe you can steal that. The perfect razor for the finest shave on your face because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. The start of spring also marks the start of... They still have this April thing in here, Dan. It's almost June, right? Anyhow, I should tell you, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month was in April. Um, Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular, there's that word again, cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 and 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls. That is trademarked as well, Dan, so don't try to steal that either initiative. Smell also oh fresh and also oh clean this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Okay. Let's get into some UFC. Thoughts on this fight card before we break it down, Dan. Are you are you excited about this fight card? Uh, high highs, low lows. Uh, there are fighters on this I'm so excited to see. Yes. There are fighters on here uh, that I forgot were still in the UFC. There are fighters on here I wish weren't in the UFC. Uh, it is a wide range of like people I'm really jacked up for and people I could not care less about. Perfect. Is there anyone you hate on this card, Dan? I don't think so. Is no. there anyone you love on this card? Yeah, there's a couple I really love. Does one of them say hello? <laughs> I, she's, you know, I, I'm probably <laughs> not... A, it is hello. <laughs> That's true. You do it better. That was better than me. For sure. <laughs> no, but uh, she's she's uh, she. I'm probably not as high on her as is most uh, people are. Pe- people seem to really love her. Um. Uh. But no, there's uh, there's one I I'm a particularly large fan on. A second I'm pretty big fan on, and then a third I just think has a huge ceiling. Um. Which yeah. Well, let's, we'll, get, we'll get to all of them. Yeah. Let's see if any of them are in this first fight. Possibly some of them maybe. Middleweights. Nick Maximoff versus Andre Petrosky. Is someone in this fight, Dan, that you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Is his name Andre Petrosky? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. All right. Let's break her down. Andre Petrosky, seven and one, four knockouts, three submissions. So everything's a finish. And the one loss was a KO loss. So everything is a finish. Never gone the distance. He's two and only UFC, both via finish, of course. He was one and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Was he not? Was he the top seed or one of the top seeds? Right, and got upset. Yeah, he he got upset by Brian Battle. Most most everybody right. thought Petrovsky was for sure going to be the winner. Um, and if you listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast oh. this week, which should come out later tonight, um, he uh very much wants to fight uh Brian Battle again down the road. That's that uh, losses aged quite well though. Yeah, I mean, dude, he looked amazing against Trajan yep. Gore, uh, yep. which a lot of people, I think, had written him off and said Trajan Gore is the real deal and, and Battle is not. And man, dude, Battle is looking better by the day. So, yeah, uh, yep. Petrovsky, certainly not a bad loss there. Yep. All right, what else can I tell you? His striking stats are better than Maximov, and he's been landing 2.4 times more active landing strikes in the UFC careers than Maximov has been over 
Maxwell's got three fights technically that we have stats for. Petrovsky has two. Plus 300. This is the line that we talked about already. Just, um, just on don't the show. Get it. <laughs> yeah, I've asked around on Twitter, I asked around on our Slack channel. No one really gets it. Um, Maximoff's cardio is probably better and his wrestling may be a little better, but yeah, that's it. Let's tell you about Maximoff. This is not to say that uh, I'm not high in Maximoff either. I just think the, the number's a little weird. Maximoff, 8 0, two knockouts, three submissions, 2 0 in the UFC as well. He's was one on the contender series. He's got three inches of reach on Petrovsky, six years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 400. All right, break her down. Okay, so I have, I have to start here. First of all, there there's some sort of shit on Petrovsky that people say he he doesn't have great cardio. And, I've seen and, him get tired, but yeah, people. Do I say mean, that. you're you're right. He he looked a little tired against Battle, and and it probably cost him the fight. But that's the ultimate fighter house. It, it has very weird rules around cutting weight, and they get short notice on their fights and they, you know, aren't in the perfect mindset. Like he, he did gas out in there. He now has two third round finishes. So how bad could his cardio be? Like yeah. he has two third round finishes in the UFC. And look, here's the reason why I like Petrovsky in this fight. Other than the fact you're getting fucking three to one money on a dude in a fight that I think is a coin flip. I, I like Petrovsky in this because I think he's more well-rounded. Maximov's striking is not good. I, yeah, I don't have, yeah. yeah, I I don't have a lot of faith in what Maximov does on the feet. And like, how many times have we seen a fight where two guys who love grappling, who love wrestling, who love like they, they even love grappling in the same way? They're like both very good wrestlers, but like would prefer to put you in a head and arm choke rather than throw ground and pound, right? Like that that's yep. both both of their styles is you know, move to, to side control and hit you with a, a head and arm choke or, you know, get you to turn over so that they can hit the rear naked choke rather than pound you out. And so, like, g- good on them for, like, both having that style. But how many times have we seen those two styles nullify each other and f- get forced to strike? And, yeah, exactly. And I, I just don't think Maximoff is a better striker than Petrovsky. So at the end of the day, how, how do you not go with the guy who's, like, a slightly better striker and, like, you know, maybe he is slightly worse at grappling, but man, it, the difference there is not substantial. So at three to one, you know, I, I don't think you can just leave three to one, one money there on Petrovsky. No, Petrovsky's the pick. Maybe we'll find out what what we're missing here, Dan, because uh, no one's really been able to explain uh, yet. The number, this these guys are kind of the Spider-Man meme to me. They're they're very similar, uh, pointing, pointing at each other, S- similar fighters um similar records all that type of thing but yeah Petrovsky's the better striker and Maximov's probably a little bit better in the grappling so uh, I always always side with the striker in these cases especially when I get three times from mighty so Petrovsky is the pick plus 300 uh let me see I'm checking the stats as we all like to do we've had a plus 340 come through this year plus 360 which was Aljo plus 700 which was (laughs) Michael Jackson and that's it so really two fights uh we've only had two fights come through with the guy uh, winning legitimately uh, with that high number. So hopefully we can make it three because that would be a very nice way to start off the card. Or maybe we'll find out what the books know that, that we don't know about Maximov or about Podrowski. So we shall see. All right, next fight. We already broke down two weeks ago, but we'll quickly go through it. Um, for those of you that uh, didn't listen, shame on you or don't remember. Like, I don't remember what I said there, but it was flyweight Tatsura Tyra. Versus Carlos Candelario. They were supposed to fight, like I said, two weeks ago at Font versus Vera, but Candelario got sick. 
right before the fight happened, like a few hours before. So we had all the work done already. Uh, I'll quickly run it over. Um, Candelario is the cannon, eight and one, two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished. This is his, his debut off the contender series where he went one and one. He lost his last fight on the contender series. He's the gentleman who lost but still got a contract because the fight was so good. Used to fight at Bantamweight, Inshallah and Tyra, plus 200. Dan's in his corner. I've got Tyra. He's 10-0, three knockouts, five submission. This is his debut. He's won three straight fights via submission. He's the Shuto champion in Japan, or was. Two inches reach on Candelario. Nine years younger than him, minus 250. So I took Candelario. Uh, I Sorry, I took Tyra. I like his experience. I like his way. I like the fact he's way younger than Candelario. So uh, he's my pick. And why did you pick Candelario again? I like Candelario because pretty much all of Tara's fights, uh, in order to win, he needs to tag you on his feet and then jump on right. your back uh, for the That's submission. Right. And like Candelario is notoriously tough uh, and really good at submission defense. So like I, I don't think he will be able to do that. So yeah, I, I like Candelario here. Right. Were either of those guys ones you talked about before? I don't think so, right? You didn't hint about either of those guys. Um, you know, I do really like Candelario. I will say, right. I I don't think he lost on Contender Series. And to be fair. He won on Contender Series back in, like, I want to say 2017. Um, and yes. I thought he should have gotten a contract then. He looked really good. Uh, and Dana didn't give him a contract then. Then he loses. I mean, quote-unquote loses. I thought he beat Victor Altamirano. Um, but, like, quote-unquote loses in 2021, and then he gets the contract anyway. So, you know, yep. kind of a weird situation. But, yeah, I, I think he's kind of a promising flyway. I'm not sure what his ceiling is, but uh, yeah. he's fun to watch. All right. Um, these are, well, one of these women. I, I find Jandy Doba fun to watch. We got women's starweight. Verna Jandy Doba. She also always has cool hair, too, versus Angela Hill. I guess she has cool hair, too. Um, fair enough. Uh, Overkill Hill versus Karkara, Jandy Doba's nickname is. I could not find a translation for that anywhere. Do you know what Karkara means, Dan? I don't know. Kara usually means face, though, right? Is so her name wrong is Face that? Face. Her name is Face Faisa. Face Faisa. That's her name. <laughs> I thought we, I thought it might have had a, well, didn't we had someone with face before? I thought with, when we did the nickname translations, but whatever. Uh, let's tell you about Overkill Hill first 13 and 11 with five knockouts. She's been submitted twice. Oh, there's, there's a hint right there. She's been submitted. Uh, she's eight, eight and 11 in the UFC over two stints. She's lost two straight. She's only won one of her last five. She was 0 1 in the Ultimate Fighter. She was in Invicta, where she went four. Uh, this was in between UFC stints, maybe even a, a bit before the first UFC stint. But she went 4 0 in Invicta, where she was the champion. She also was a pro kickboxer. Striking stats in her favor, plus she lands twice as many strikes as Jandy Doba does, plus 130. All right, Jandy Doba, 17 3, one knockout, 13 submissions, never been finished in a fight. 3 3 in the UFC. She's gotten loss, win, loss over her last three. She also was in Invicta, where she went 3 0 and was the champion. She used to fight at flyweight. This is a strawweight fight. She was a regional champ. She's three years younger than Hill. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 170. Jandy Doba is my pick. Um, the grappling. Grappling, she's going to grapple Hill to death, possibly even finish her because uh, she is a killer on the mat. 13 submissions and 17 pro wins. So, And I don't think Hill really is that great. She um, And I don't think she's uh, she doesn't have... Too much finishing power. So if Jenny Doba does get in trouble on the feet, I don't think she's going to get stopped. So she's the pick, Jenny Doba minus 170. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you entirely. Uh, I think uh, Virna Jandy Doba, uh, or Jandy Doba, if I have to say. <laughs> they said in the telecast. So that's what I there's do no now. motherfucking D in that lady's name. No, like, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, like I, I like her a lot here. 
all you need to know about Angela Hill to be like, you know, she's not going to win this fight is she's fought Ashley Yoder twice. And in, the 30, and in the 30 minutes she's been in the cage with her, Angela or uh, Ashley Yoder has taken her down five times. And that to me is enough to be like, my goodness, what hope does she have against Virna Jandaroba, who's like yeah. just an absolute beast when she tries to take you down? So, yeah, no, I, I got Jandaroba here all day. I, I think she beats the tar out of uh, Angela Hill. Jandy Doba. Janji Doba. Janji Doba. You change it now. You put a G in there too. All right. I mean, if we're just inventing letters in her name, let's let's add a whole bunch of them. (laughs) May as well. Um, This one, actually, this one should be the main event, but for some reason it's buried in the prelims. Lightweight, (laughs) Michael Johnson versus Alan Patrick. Yes, they are both still in the UFC. Uh, Dennis, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis the Menace. Um, Michael the Menace Johnson versus... Alan Nugete, Patrick. Um, Patrick is 15 and three with one no contest. Four knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Five and three with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone 0 and 2 with the no contest over his last three. Uh, his last fight was a no contest. His last win was February of 2018. Uh, he was, before this, he was a Batetti champ. Are you a big Patetti, Batetti fan, Dan? I don't know, Patetti. <laughs> it must be, I'm assuming it's Brazilian because that's where he's from, right? So. And yeah, he was the champ there, Dan. Impressive, right? Right. Right. 2008 was his pro debut. He's got inch of height, inch of reach on Johnson plus 120. All right, Michael Johnson, 19 and 17. Eight knockouts, two submissions. He was knocked out twice, submitted nine times. He's 11 and 13 in the UFC. He's lost four straight fights. He's not fought since February of 2021. His last win was October 2018. Used to fight at featherweight. He was 4 and 0 on the Ultimate Fighter. What happened with that? He lost in the finals, right? Yeah, Court mm-hmm. McGee. Okay, am I right? Wrong about that? Court, I think Maybe. Court McGee beat him. I think that okay. was that season. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yeah, 2010 UFC debut, 2008 pro debut. Two years younger, despite that. I guess Patrick's been around since 20, 2008. Also, he's two years younger than Patrick. He lands 2.2 times more strikes than Patrick does, minus 145. <laughs> Break down this mess, Dan. Clean up the mess for us here. Oh, man, it's so bad. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. Um, in, I'm, I'm going to go with him for two reasons. Number one is I've seen good things out of Michael Johnson in the, the recent memory. Um, not a ton, but I've seen some good things. Uh, that fight with Tiago Moises, he was winning that fight. He he actually took it to Tiago Moises for all of the first round before Tiago Moises ran at him to start the second round and just dove on an ankle lock and got it. Um, same with that Stevie Ray fight. I think a lot of people think he won the fight with Stevie Ray. Uh, he winds up losing a majority decision. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, like I, you know, like I saw something good from Michael Johnson. I'm not sure I can say that from Alan Patrick. Uh, like he, he looks, he looked absolutely terrible in that fight with, uh, with Mason Jones. He was looking for a way out. Uh, and like, in addition to all that, like, even if I wasn't just looking for like, who isn't the worst fighter, Michael Johnson is faster than Alan Patrick. Uh, like his hands have always been quick and quick enough that I think he could win here. So yeah, I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. Don't bet this fight. I don't no. care if you're I don't care if you are the person who bets underdogs on every fight. Like just 
just don't pretend this one's not on a UFC card. Yeah, exactly. No, a lot of times speed is uh, all, all, it, all it takes to win, uh, especially in a matchup like this. So yeah, Michael Johnson, I, I flip-flopped, but he ended up being my pick because I, mean, I was like, I was trying to write about why I was picking Patrick. I'm like, why am I picking Patrick? Hmm. But then why why am I picking uh, Johnson also? I, I'm going with the striking as they usually do. Um, and then when you add in the speed also, like the hand speed, then Johnson is the pick, but yeah. Not really looking forward to this one. Um, next fight should be fairly interesting. This will be our main event of the prelims. Sorry, the prelims are on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. The main card is also on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, start times, I think, or 7.30 and 10. Is that sound right, Dan? Yeah, that sounds right. I'll get on it. I'll, I'll put the, in, I'll put the I'm on it already. I am on it already. I'm checking right now on the air every week. I forget to tell you guys what time it starts. Am I right? 10 o'clock? Yes. I'm correct on the main card being 10 o'clock. Prelims, as my computer decides to slow down on us here, it, prelims are 7.30. Yes, I re- remembered correctly. So, and yeah, the main event will be Vivian Arujo versus Andrea Lee. So we got Vivi versus KGB. This one's basically, or very close to being, a pick em on the board. Uh, Rujo is a slight, slight underdog, so I'll tell you about her first. 10-3, and three, three knockouts, four submissions. Been knocked out once, the only time she's been finished in 13 fights. 4-2 and two in the UFC. Uh, she's gone loss, win-win, loss over her last four. Last fight, as I said, was a loss. I was back last May, so it's almost, it, I think it's we're a couple weeks short of a, of a full year out of the cage for her. She used to fight at Strawweight, used to fight at Bantamweight. This is right in the middle. She was a Pancras champion. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 105. Andrea KGB Lee, 13 and 5, three knockouts, five submissions. She's been submitted once, so neither women gets finished. She's 5 and 3 in the UFC. She's won two straight via finish. Uh, before that, she lost three straight. She was the LFA champ before this. She went 4 and 2 in Evicta as well. Two inches of height on Arujo, inch of reach, three years younger. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. But she also was a boxing and kickboxing champion uh, in a past life, minus 115. Um, I will take Andrea Lee in this one. She seems. Like she may be living up to the hype that she entered the UFC with um, two straight finishes. That's almost enough to get you a title shot. It, probably if she wins this fight, she's like right in there, it, right in the next in line for a title shot. And I, Arujo is just far too inconsistent for me. And I think uh, she's probably going to get eaten up in the striking here. So let's go with Lee. So I agree with you that I think Lee is probably going to be the better striker here, but I'm going to go with Arujo. Okay. Based on the idea that I, I think she holds a fairly significant grappling advantage here. Um, Probably, like, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, we've seen from Andrea Lee th- that she's had, you know, like good volume on the feet. You know, you, you go back to that fight with Roxanne Matafari. She, you know, landed almost 100 punches. Same thing with the fight with Lauren Murphy. Um, but at the same time, like, she has been taken down a lot of times by people who I don't see as better at shooting takedowns than Arruyo, right? Like uh, Roxanne Modafari took her down four out of four times. Roxanne Modafari never once failed to take Andrea Lee down when she wanted to, she took her down. And that to me is a, a fucking warning sign there. Um, and, and like, you know, the, the two people she's beaten have kind of like shown that they're like, you know, because you said she's on a two fight winning streak and she's finished both those people. They've both shown that they're kind of like fundamentally flawed at, at well, I mean, for, for a Kelvio at stro- or flyweight, 
she's fundamentally flawed. And Shevchenko is just like not lived up to anything we thought she was, right? Like Casey O'Neill made her look like she'd never fought before. You know, like Roxanne beat the hell out of her too. And like, but and Calvillo has just looked kind of lackluster at, at flyweight. So, you know, with all that being said, like the the wins from Lee, I don't think have aged particularly well. And I think Arroyo has what it takes to like push her and like get her into ugly exchanges and clinches. And I think Arroyo has like a strength advantage there too. So it's a definitely a tough one to call, but I am going to go with Arroyo here. All right. It would be a big win for her if she can pull this one off. So there we differed on one fight. No, two fights, two fights on this, on this prelims. Um, All right. Well, get cracking on the main card after I tell you about our last couple sponsors here and then we'll get going on the main card sponsor free or ad free at least ad read free uh, athletic greens we're brought to you by athletic greens and the ag1 supplement so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of those things it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And finally, we are brought to you by IP Vanished. You know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish and VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Well, I'm at home or in public. I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan. For our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, that's just like 89 months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP, use promotional code SGP, and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, main card, flyweights. Start things off. Jack, sorry, Jake Hadley versus Alan Nascimento. We got White Kong versus Puro Oso. Do you remember what Puro Oso means, Dan, for Nascimento? Puro means it means strong or 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 something like that. Oso is is Oso bear? It is, or at least the uh, cartoon bear named Oso. I, I think it. Uh, oh, it's Yogi Bear. No, nope. skin and bone. I think it it translates oh. to when I looked it in. So oh, kind of strong, something like that. <laughs> Anyhow, he's fighting White Kong, so. Um, we don't need to translate that. So Nascimento, 18 and 6, two knockouts, 13 submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 0-1 the UFC, 0-1 the Contender Series. How did I let this guy in the UFC? Uh, he's got loss, win, loss, win, loss over his last five fights. Made his pro debut in 2011. Used to fight a Bantamweight. He's an inch taller than Hadley. 
more active striker, plus 180. This is a very small sample size. Hadley, is it Hadley or Hadley? It's Hadley, right? Hadley, yeah. Right. Hadley has one fight uh, on the contender series. That's what we're basing his stats on. All right, he is 8-0. Hadley, that would be. Uh, two knockouts, four submissions. This will be his UFC proper debut after going 1-0 in the contender series. He did. He won that via submission, but he did miss weight, but um, he still got a contract. He also was 1-0 in Bellator. He's got Incharich on Nascimento, five years younger than him. Grappling stats in his favor, but like I said, the smallest sample size possible. Minus 220. Over to you. So first of all, Nascimento made it to the UFC because he lost on Contender Series by split decision, and it was yeah. to rally on Paiva, who, you know, that, that's never going to be a bad loss. Um, and, you know, like, not for anything... Like, his first loss in the UFC, not terrible either. It was to Takir Lombikov, who's, you know, pretty damn good. His his only uh, his only loss in the UFC has been to Tim Elliott. So, you know, as long as we're saying losses of losses of losses, like, neither of these guys who beat him are, are bad fighters. But I will say this. I, I mentioned at the front of the show, there are some guys who I think there's a really high ceiling on. Jake Hadley is one of those guys. Um, I, I have been watching him since his time in... Cage Warriors, my goodness! Like I, I was, I was a big Luke Shanks fan in in Cage Warriors. I thought Luke Shanks is going to be like one of the up and comers, and he just beat the brakes off of that dude. Same with um, he he beat the guy who we know from uh, the flyweight season, the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Zulu. Uh, they call him Zuluman. Uh, he was right. the South African guy who was the EFC champ. Jake Hadley just beat the brakes off of him. He beat Blaine O'Driscoll, who is like, uh, you know, really tough dude who is fighting in Bellator um, and, and has only lost to like all guys who are going to be in the UFC. So like, look, Jake Hadley is the real deal. The guy wrestles really well. He puts his combinations together to set up his wrestling really well. When he gets you down, he's going to sub you. He's got, like, a nice edge to him, too. I think he's, like, a really marketable guy, which ultimately I think is why the UFC signed him. I mean, just, like, go look at his tapology page. He's given double middle fingers to you, uh, which is, you know, something the UFC loves, a little bit of edge on him. But, like, I, I think the ceiling is really high on Jake Hadley, and I think he just outclasses Alan Nascimento here. Agreed. Hadley is the pick for sure here. Um yeah, you got to go with the more talented, younger fighter every time. So, yeah, i like to see what he can do in the big show now. All right, moving on. Lightweights, Frank the Crank Camacho versus Manuel Torres, another uh, contender series um, graduate. All right, we'll tell you about Frank the Crank first. Um, 22 and 9, 17 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out five times, submitted twice. He's gone two and five in the UFC. He's lost two straight. He's only won one of his last five. He's not fought since June of 2020. He was going to fight last summer, and then he... Appeared on the Top Turtle podcast and then got in a really bad car accident. Wrecked his back. <laughs> Unrelated. Uh, yep. Totally. They're totally separate uh, statements I just said there. They're, they're not related at all, of course. Um, he used to fight at welterweight. He was missing weight before. So now he is. This one's at middleweight, right? No, lightweight. Excuse me. He's down to lightweight. Um, he was a regional champ. 2005 debut. He's a BJJ champ. Grappling stats in his favor, but we're talking one fight for Torres. Plus 112. El Loco. Torres is crazy, apparently. He's 12 and 2, five knockouts, six submissions. He's been subbed twice. Both of his losses have come via submission. He, this is his debut after going 1 0 in the contender series, winning via TKO. He's won three straight fights via finish, six years younger than Camacho. Striking stats in his favor and one and a half times more active based off of one's fight, minus 135. 
I will be taking Torres. Um, Camacho didn't look very good in the UFC, even before he messed up his back and his neck and has been on the sidelines for two years. So I will definitely take the younger, probably more talented fighter in and the finisher in Torres. Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to start by saying like, there's a reason why Frank Camacho is two and five in his last seven and getting another chance. Have you, have you seen the list of five guys who have beaten him? Go ahead. No, but you're going to tell us. Lee Jingliang, up a weight class at welterweight. Drew Dober, Jeff Neal, up a weight class at welterweight. Benil Dariush, and then Justin James, which is not so hot. But, like, those first four, dude, murderers, right? Like, yeah. that, is a, that is a tough batch here. Um, but, like, I am still going to go with Manuel Torres. The reason I'm going to go with Manuel Torres, I just think he, like, fights longer and smarter and more technical. I didn't love him on Contender Series. But I think they did a smart thing by giving him a guy like Frank Camacho, who is mostly like, you know, I don't want to reduce Frank Camacho to just being like a power puncher with a big right hand. But like sometimes he's just a power puncher with a big right hand. Um, and, and I don't think he lands that against Torres because Torres is like safe and smart and stays away from that kind of thing. Um, I don't think either of these guys are going to shoot any wrestling here. I think this is going to be probably a pretty exciting striking fight, but yeah, like I think Torres just outclasses him a little bit. Um, no guilt on your end for getting him injured in the car accident. I did not injure anybody in anything. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I love interviewing Frank Camacho. He's yep. like such a good dude. Yep. Um, true. And, and I, I think I've said this before. Any fighter from Guam is the nicest dude on the planet. It's uh, true. And I've now interviewed, I believe three different fighters from Guam uh, for the top journal MMA podcast, every single one of them delightful human being until you put a hacks on them and they get themselves hurt. And then are they still delightful then Dan? Yeah. 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 Frank Camacho is always delightful. <laughs> they're, right, they're like the most chill people. It's like Guam must be an Island even chiller than Hawaii <laughs> must be. And they must not, the curse may, it must not have been known there. Like it is in the mainland, Dan. Oh yeah, the curse is dad you were claiming. That's right. We'll see yeah, on uh it's, we'll it's not real. We'll see on uh we'll see on, on Saturday. All right. Moving on to women's flyweight Caitlin Chukagian versus Amanda Hibas. Who are we speaking of off the top? Um one fighter, Hibas doesn't have a nickname because she doesn't need one. Um she's eleven and two with three knockouts, four submissions. She's been knocked out twice. That's both for loss of company finish. She's five and one in the UFC, won her last fight. She was the MF champ. I can't remember what MF stands for. Not the bad word, though. Also the jungle fight champ. Used to fight at strawweight. This was a flyweight. She's five years younger than Chukagian. Striking and grappling stats in her favor, plus 145. Blonde fighter Chukagian, 17-4, two knockouts, one submission. She'd been knocked out twice, 10-4 and four in the UFC. She won three straight and four or five. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Was the CFFC champ in two different weight classes, I believe. One no in the World Series of Fighting as well. She's six inches taller than Hibas. Got two inches of reach. Minus 175. I'm actually going to go with Hebos here. Despite, yeah, boy. Despite all the physical gifts you were saying that, that Chogigian yeah. has, like, the bottom line is, is just, like, in order for Hebos to win this fight, she just has to, like, not accept that she's going to fight a kickboxing fight at Caitlin Chogigian's range. Yeah. Right? And and I think if she, as long as she says, no, I will not fight you at your ridiculous ass range while you make a whole bunch of yelling noises as long as she says fucking no to that she wins this fight in addition to that i will also say like 
there's a decent chance she gets in on Chokagian's legs, takes her down, and I'll I'll the the key here is not can Chokagian hold her own on the back or can Chokagian get up? It's will she? Because the thing about Caitlin Chokagian is when she gets taken down, she's like, it's cool. I'm here. I train with some of the highest level jujitsu people in the whole world. Cause she did. She, she's like a Donaher trained yeah. jujitsu specialist and she's got good leg locks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you don't sub Amanda Hebas, she's throwing enough heat from her feet or from the, the mat to win the round. And she did that to Mackenzie Dern. So, like, if Mackenzie Dern didn't sub you from her back, you sure as shit, Caitlin Chokagian is not subbing you from her back. She did the same thing to Virna Jandy Roba. Like, and if she can grapple with both of those two, she definitely can grapple with Caitlin Chokagian. So, I mean, like, the path to victory here for me for Amanda Hebos is, like, get on the inside and land your punches. You know, not don't accept, like, long-ass kickboxing range. Make it dirty or grapple. All of those are options. Whereas Chokagian is like, she better fight me at like a weird kickboxing range where I can just spam like shitty strikes that don't even really land. So he has to say no and take the fight to the ground, right? That was not a great Amanda Hebos no, impression. Say no, because she has to say no. She's too nice. No. <laughs> that is much better. <laughs> much better. You must have some Brazilian in you. Uh, she's my pick as well. Um, I'm glad I'm not just being biased here because she's... Uh, She's fine, but you're picking her too. I just think she's obviously she's way more of a way more of a finisher and has a far more of a killer instinct than Chukagian's a point fighter basically, and I don't think that's going to work against Hibas, who's going to be going for the kill hopefully. So we are on the same page for that one. All right, moving on to men's bantamweights: Davy Grant versus Luis Smolka, the last samurai. My nickname is also Smolka's. <laughs> How convenient! Uh, versus dangerous Davy Grant. Right, let's talk about Smolka first. 17 and 8, 8 knockouts, 7 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times, 8 and 8 in the UFC over two stints. We got ourselves a pattern. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. That's I think ever since he got back to the UFC, he's traded wins with losses, six straight fights. He got KO'd his last fight. He used to fight at Flyweight. This is at Bantamweight. He was a regional champ, made his uh, pro MMA debut in 2012. He's an inch taller than Grant, six years younger, plus 230. Dangerous Davy is 13 and 6, three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been submitted four times. He's four and five in the UFC. Uh, he's won three of his last five. However, he did lose his last two. He went three straight wins and then two straight losses. He was one and all in the Ultimate Fighter. He was a regional champ, pro debut 2007, inch of reach on Smolka, better striking stats, minus 290. Davy Grant, please. Luis Smolka is far too inconsistent. Grant is. Um, better striker i think probably the better fighter basically period so he's my pick i'm not real sure about the minus 290 90 line but uh he's my pick yeah i like him a lot here i i would say he's a much better striker a more powerful striker he's a durable yeah. guy like uh, you know you, you mentioned that three fight winning streak dude martin day broke that dude's jaw in the first round and he was like that's cute and then proceeded to knock him out in the third round um dangerous yeah, like really dangerous. And, you know, you, you mentioned he's got back-to-back losses, right? One of them is to Marlon Vera, who he took a round off of and then went the distance with. Like, that's an, I know ins- that guy. That's an insane thing, right? Like, Rob Font basically didn't take a round off of him, and he had five chances. Like, yeah. 
that for for Davy Grant to have that. And the other one is a split loss to Adrian Yanez, who is like everybody's favorite upcomer. And one judge scored it for Grant. Now I didn't score it for Grant, but like one judge scored it for Grant. So we're we're talking about him fighting Smolka here, a guy who you know, like you said, has been really erratic. He's kind of changed his training regimen a hundred times. Who's gotten finished by guys who like you know probably shouldn't finish him. Um, yeah, like, dude, I, I think he just gets absolutely stomped by Davy Grant and the striking here. And if he tries to grapple, Davy Grant has great sub skills. So like, yeah, I'm Davy Grant here all day. Yeah. Eight submission wins in 13, uh, in 13 fights. So, or 13 wins, excuse me, eight submissions, 13 wins. So yes, very good, uh, ratio there for Davy Grant. All right. We're both in on Grant. All right. We got nothing but light heavyweights the rest of the way. Co-main event, light heavyweights. This is a superhero fight. We got Ryan Superman spam versus the Hulk. Yon Kutilaba. Uh, I'll tell you about Superman spam first. Spam. Span first. 19 to 7, five knockouts, 11 submissions. Been knocked out three times, submitted twice, five and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss. Got submitted in his last fight. He was one and one in the contender series. He was an LFA champ and a hero champ. He is used to fight at middleweight. Now he's up to light heavyweight. He's got four inches height, four inches reach on Kudalaba, plus 175. The Hulk, Kudalaba, 16-6-1 with one no contest. 12 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He's 5-5-1 five, five, in the UFC. He's got 1-2-1 one, one over his last five, four. Excuse me. He won his last fight. He used to fight at heavyweight. Made his pro debut in 2012. Two years younger than the span. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor. Minus 215. I'm going to go with the on Kudalaba. Uh, I'm happy about it. No, I'm not. And actually, to go back to one of your concepts earlier, is there anybody I hate in this card? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) I don't like Ian Kudalaba. Like he's a dick. Uh He's gonna turn green if you tell him that. Yeah, but like he's gonna yell at somebody at weigh-ins and probably push somebody (laughs) and like. Yeah. He's a dick. But that being said, like here's the thing about Kudalaba. He comes out like a uh, freight train. Right. Like yeah. he, he comes out far too fast. In fact, he he drew with Dustin Jacoby by getting a 10 8 first and then getting absolutely obliterated in the second and the third. And so, like, if you could say that Ryan Spann could avoid that onslaught or survive that onslaught and, you know, put it on him late, he, he definitely would have an advantage late in the fight. But here's the problem for me Ryan Spann is a guy who makes mistakes. Um, yes. And, like, I don't say that is in, like, you know, he needs to be flawless, but like kind of to beat Ian Kudalaba defensively in the first five minutes, you need to be flawless. You need to be flawless enough that this guy who's got crazy athletic gifts and is like, you know, jacked up on like 75 energy drinks. You need to take that guy and just be able to survive what he's doing. And then you'll have a massive advantage for 10 minutes. And that's what Dustin Jacoby did. I actually thought he he might have won that fight. I can see the 10-8 first round. But, like, he clearly won rounds two and three, at least for a draw. Dustin Jacoby was able to do that because Dustin Jacoby is very, very disciplined. Ryan Spann, less so. He, I, I think he's going to, even if he goes in with that game plan of, like, surviving the early stuff, he's going to see an opening and go for it. And ultimately, I think it's going to get him caught. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Kudalaba here. I, I think he's just... Too powerful, too good of a wrestler, too dangerous early in the fight um, for Brian's fan to survive this one. Correct. I agree. Kudalaba is the pick on this one. 
Um, you know, Spam's one of those guys who are, keep waiting for him to put it together, and uh, he's five and two, so he's, he's not doing horrible in the UFC, but he seems like he's he's capable of more. But like you said, um, sometimes gets himself into into trouble. So we're agreeing on Kudala, but let's see if we agree on the light heavyweight main event: Jan Blakovic versus Alexander Rakic. Uh, we've got Blakovic, no nickname, versus Rocket Rakic. Let me tell you about Blakovic first: twenty-eight nine. Eight knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He's 11-6 in the UFC. He was the UFC champion until the last fight where he got submitted. Before that, he won five straight fights. He also was a KSW champ. He also was a Muay Thai champ and a grappling champ. In his pro MMA debut in 2007, grappling stats in his favor, plus 155. Rocket Rakic. Did you know his nickname was Rocket? That's This is news to me. I don't remember that. I I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you say Wikipedia is a lie, Dan? Yeah, you you're still on to uh, Dagestan milk stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Well, we have to get to get to the bottom of that one still. Um, okay, fine. That's not his nickname then. His, we'll just call him Alexander Rakic. He's fourteen and two, nine knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once. Is the only time he's been finished. He's six and one in the UFC. He won two straight fights. He's been out of the cage since March of twenty twenty one. Do you remember why he was out, Dan? Uh, I don't actually. All right, fine. I know Kudala, um, Blokovic was paralyzed for a while recently, apparently, because yeah, he had, that's uh, not good. <laughs> no, he, he had herniated or hernias near his neck uh, on his spine. Apparently he was temporarily paralyzed. So I forgot to mention that, that, uh, aspect of his resume as well. All right. About to Rakic pro debut, 2011, two inches height on Blakovic's nine years younger than him striking an active striking stats in his favor minus 190. Welcome back, um, Blackovitz, after losing your belt. Now you get to go up against this uh, up-and-coming killer. I am um, going with Rakic, um, despite, well, he's nine years younger. That, that's that's a big thing right there. But um, he's also far more powerful, despite um, Blakovic likes to claim he has Polish power, but really he doesn't. Um, eight knockouts and 37 pro fights at light heavyweight isn't very powerful, and I don't think he has a heck of a lot of um knockdowns either uh, on his resume so um he's fighting a younger um more powerful uh fighter in Rakic, a fighter who was not paralyzed recently as well and who is a better striker and a more active striker so i will take Rakic at minus 190 for this one yeah i'm gonna go with Rakic too uh which i think leaves us with only two differences on the whole card which is pretty crazy um but like you know you mentioned it uh, it's not that I don't think Blankovic has power, but like if you go back and look at most of the guys Blankovic knocked out, a lot of them had put themselves in really compromising positions, right? Like, um, you know, he knocked out Dominic Reyes, who had, had been in bad positions repeatedly. Luke Rockhold, like, clearly overextended himself. Like, he, he just, like, knocked out dudes who were in bad positions. And, like, the thing I will say about Alexander Rachich is he like doesn't put himself in bad positions, sometimes to a fault, right? Like, you know, the Vulcan Ozdemir fight, everybody was like, yeah, no, nobody did anything. But like in the Anthony Smith fight, Anthony Smith didn't land any shots on him, like literally almost nothing on him because like Rachich just fights a very safe fight. So, yeah, I think that that style, while maybe not the most exciting to watch from time to time, is a thing that like really sets him up as a bad matchup for Jan Blankovic. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Rakic too. I'll also say this, you know, a lot of people have cited that like Jan Blankovic has like some 
some decent wrestling in his back pocket. It's how he beat Izzy Desanya. It's not like Rakich can't wrestle either, right? Or doesn't have good takedown defense. So, you know, like even that's kind of off yep. the table for me. Do you see a possible future title holder in Rakich? Like you know, I, here's the thing. I will say I do, but like, also I think there are like a lot of bad matchups out there for him in this division that, that like will pop up. Like, yeah. I think Yuri Prohashka is an awful matchup for, for Rakich. So like if Yuri goes out there and like blast Glover and yeah. that's who he has to face, like, I think it's a, a really terrible matchup for him because like you can't fight a fart, sm- <laughs> a fart smite, <laughs> a smart a fight fart or a smart. Yeah. Uh, a smart fight against Yuri Prohashka. He won't let you like, it's just not possible. He's coming. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, I also think even though I haven't been particularly high on him in the past, I think Bagamet Ankalaev is a bad matchup for Rakich. Um, just because like. You know, like I was just saying with with Jan Blakovich, I, I don't think Jan Blakovich is going to wrestle Rakich, but I do think Magomed Ankalaev could. And I think, like, the way he grinds on people sometimes is, like, a tough matchup for Rakich. So, like, I, I will say this. I think Rakich has that potential, but I'm, like, a little bit worried about the type of matchups he's going to find himself in. And matchups make fights, Dan. That's it. That's what they always say. All right. That is all of our picks. Now we are going to give you our recommended plays um, where we spend $100. We actually bet way more than that, but we'll, we'll say it's only 100 bucks for for those of you who aren't um, as rich as we are, obviously, because we're super, super rich here. Um, so 100 bucks, pick whatever fights we want that are our recommended plays. It could be prop bets. It could be just straight up plays, whatever we want. So we'll start with Dan as per usual. Um, I'm going to start with uh, one of my my bigger plays uh, for the week. I- I'm going to take 40 bucks on Jake Hadley, straight up money line. Uh, I I really like him in this spot. As you were saying that, I was looking right at his, at his name because I, I agree. Um, give me the same amount. Hadley, 40 bucks minus 220 for him. Yeah, I I just think it, it's too silly to like leave that there. Um, yep. Let, let's see what do what else do i really love um see i i'm i think i'm just gonna play a whole bunch of like goofy ass giant plus money plays here um oh at the end of the day this is recommended plays dan yeah what well we're telling people to just spend their money on well here's Not goofy so, ass wasting their money. well i mean go, i say goofy ass but just because they're like <laughs> large uh underdogs but so here's the next one i want to go with i think virner jandaroba is gonna sub angela hill okay um so in like, you know, that, that seems like, does that seem like a pretty reasonable expectation? Yeah, definitely. What well, I, Hill's, Hill's been finished only twice in 24 fights. So it's not like you don't get a heck of a lot of finishes out of her, but uh, Jan Loba is a killer on the ground. Definitely. So, so I'm going to take 10 bucks on that. Uh, and it's plus 350. Oh, well, in that case, that, that's uh, not, not too shabby at all. Plus 350 for a sub. Okay, cool. Um, I will take doo, 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 doo. Let's, let's go to the main event. Rakich, just straight money line on him. Um, let's say 25 bucks. Rakich to win minus 190. All right. And uh, I'm going to take uh, 15 on Petrosky. 
man, that line is massive. It sure is. Plus 300. Dan will be laughing if he hits that one. All right. Um, do, do, no, no, no. I, I'm trying to play, be safe with, with your people's money on, on these recommended plays. Uh, Jenny Doba just straight out winning. How much do I have left here? I've got 35 bucks left. I'm going to go 35 on Jenny Doba just to win minus 170. And I have I have thirty five left right now. Uh, I got, yeah, 40, 40, 10, and fifteen. So I'm gonna take another fifteen, leaving me with just twenty. I'll take another fifteen on Carlos Candelario's money line. All right, and to finish, I, I've used up all my money already. So oh, you're over you're, you again. Oh, I'm, you're I'm done. you're you're entirely out. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. So I got twenty bucks left. I want to use that twenty on. Uh, I'm going to use it on Hebas. Uh, so I'm, okay, I'm cool. big on the plus money today, but I'm, I'm going to take that on Amanda Hebas's money line. All righty. All right. Let's uh, recap here. Dan, a.k.a. Gumby, a.k.a. Danny, 40 bucks on Jake Hadley to win. 10 bucks on Verna Jandy Doba to win via submission. 15 bucks on Andre Petrosky to win. 15 bucks on Carlos Candelario to win. And then 20 bucks on Amanda Hebas to win. Jeff has 40 bucks on Jake Hadley to win, 25 on Alexander Rakich to win, 35 on Verna Jenny Doba to win. All right. Do we have a hungry Jong super fan 10 to 1 minimum parlay? Yeah, I'm just going to give you two plays. You ready for this? Again, with two plays. We're going to hit it eventually. Candelario and Petrosky. That's it. All right. That's the whole thing. Just 11 win. to 1. Wow. Too bad you're going to lose on the Candelario one, but that's okay. Candelario, eleven to one. Candelario and Petros. And by the way, you said we're going to hit one of these one of these times. <laughs> I, I hit a you hit one. I hit a thirteen to one earlier it's this true. year. True. So. I, I I meant a small one like this, eleven to one. That, that's all I meant. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to take it all down right. a notch for the for the exactly. The exactly. All right, that's UFC. Put to bed. Let's uh, quickly give you some Bellator picks for this week. We're going to do the top three. Fights on the card. Bellator 281 MVP versus Storley. It's going down Friday, this Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern is the start time because this one is over in London in the SSE Arena. Uh, it's on Showtime, or if you're in Canada, it is on free on YouTube. All right. We got 13 fights on here. Like I said, we're going to do the top three. Beginning with women's flyweight Denise Kilhotz versus Kana Watanabe. Um, as I open my spreadsheet for that. All right. Watanabe, 10-1-1, three knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out once. Uh, 2-1 in Bellator. She lost her last fight via TKO. There go, there's that knockout. Uh, she was a judo champion, or is a judo champion. Three inches taller than Kilhots and Kilhots, excuse me, and plus 205. Kilhots is Miss Dynamite. She's 6-3, two knockouts, three submissions. She's submitted twice. She's 6-2 in Bellator. Lost her last fight, which was for the championship. Uh, she was a kickboxing champion, a boxing champion, and a judo champion, minus 225. I'm I'm going to go with the dog here. I'm going to go once Ooh, and on me. Um, yeah, I, I just think, I, I think ultimately, like, I think she's going to out-grapple Kyoto. So you know, I know you mentioned she's got, like, a judo background, but, like, I think of her more as a striker and a kickboxer, and really that's the base yeah. she has. Whereas, like, Watanabe, we've seen, like, really good groundwork from her. And, you know, like, the loss... Sort of excusable. It was was that Liz Carmouche? Am I remembering that right? Liz Carmouche TK owner. 
probably. Sure. Yeah. And, and like she, she's faced some like pretty damn good competition. She like, you know, out grappled Alejandra Lara and like, um, you know, like obviously the other stuff is in like jewels and rising and stuff like that, but like didn't fight nobody's out there. So yeah, like I, I actually have a lot of faith in Watsonabi, whereas like Killholtz, like I, I'm kind of skeptical she's going to be able to continue wrestling and like she's stuffed enough of Juliana Velazquez, but like as we just saw with Liz Carmouche, maybe that's not as impressive. So yeah, I like the dog money on here on Watsonabi. All right, Don, Don, Dan, see, I'm getting tired. I'm calling you names. I called you dad the one week and now I'm calling you Don. All right, let's move on to the co-main event. It is a middleweight fight versus someone you may have heard of. Leoto Mashida, the Mashida era is still on apparently versus Fabian Edwards. Uh, so we got the dragon versus the assassin. Let's tell you about the dragon Mashida first. 26 and 11, 11 knockouts, two submissions. Been knocked out three times, submitted twice. He's two and three in Bellator. He's lost three straight fights after winning his first two. His last fight was in April of 2011. He used to fight at light heavyweight. Um, he was 16 and 8 in the UFC and was the light heavyweight champion for the brief Machida era. Made his pro MMA debut in 2003, plus 125 on him. Dan Edwards, the assassin, 9 and 2, three knockouts, three submissions. Actually, I think Machida fought at heavyweight too before. Did he not? I think he fought. Did he fight BJ Penn at heavyweight? He did fight BJ yes. Penn at heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, that makes, yeah, that's a funny statement, but it's true. All right. Leon Edwards, no, not Leon Edwards, his brother, um, Fabian, Fabian Edwards, the, the assassin, nine and two, three knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. He's five and two in Bellator. However, he's lost two straight fights. Last fight was back in May of 2021. He's 15 years younger than Mashida, five and a half inches of reach, advantage minus 138. Man, this is a tough one for me. I, I'm going to take Fabian Edwards, but mostly as just like a fade to Mashida. It, it's. Yeah been a long time since machida looked like machida um and, and that's not to say that like i don't think he's has the skills to beat somebody like fabian edwards but like man the the bader davis and musasi fights all kind of looked pretty bad and i mean even the shale sunday one didn't look good until it did so yeah like i'm gonna go with fabian edwards here but mostly as a fade and mostly like as kind of a fight i think you just stay away from like Neither guy has looked great lately, and this is mostly just like a British guy and a big-name UFC fighter, and they're trying to get a little something out of it for a Bellator card in England. That sounds like Bellator to me. Um, all right, main event. Another British guy versus an American. We got Michael Page versus Logan Sterley. Oh, this is – I forgot. This is a quote-unquote title fight. It's for the interim welterweight championship. Even Bellator has got in interim titles going around now. We got – um, Logan Storm Storley versus Michael Venom Page, aka MVP. Let's tell you about him first. He is 20 and 1, 12 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once. Uh, it was to Douglas Lima back when Douglas Lima was still good. Uh, he's 18 and 1 in Bellator. He's won six straight fights. 2012 was his MMA debut. He was a kickboxing champion. He also went 2 and 0 in boxing. Six inches taller than Storley, five, seven and a half inches reach, plus 250. Sterling, 13 to 1, eight knockouts, eight and one in Bellator. He's won two straight. He was an NCAA championship wrestler, five years younger than Page, minus 275. So we got a classic grappler versus striker matchup here. Yeah, go Storley. Storley's going to kill him. <laughs> um, there you go. Like, like Storley legit might be, and I say this as, a, you know, like having seen you know, Yaroslav Amasov go in there and, like, take the title off of Douglas Lima like he wasn't even there. I actually think Logan Sterling is better than him. Like, in their fight, 
Storley lost a split decision. One of the judges gave it to him. I, I think I probably scored it for Amasov, but at the same time, I was like, Storley looked like he was a little bit tired in there. And I think just like a little bit better of a camp or a little bit better energy preservation and he wins that fight. I think he's like more skilled at the the base level, especially when it comes to grappling. And like, let's face it, Michael Venom Page's grappling ain't that good. It's really bad. Like he's you a don't okay. say he's a fun and exciting striker, but like also like he's kind of old. Did you know that? Michael? Yeah, I did know that. He's, he's thirty five, I think. Yeah. Like yeah, and like. He's just going to go out there and get taken down and brutalized by Storley. I, I think this looks pretty embarrassing at the end of the day. Why are they doing this to him in his homeland? I mean, I think they they know what they have in Michael Page in that, like, they, they know he's, like, a big star. Um, and know he needs to, like, headline cards when they go to England to, like, sell out and and get the most out of them. And, like, if you want to put a title on the line, he's got to fight somebody who's good enough to fight for a title, which is, it's Logan Storley. Like, that that's yeah. the guy. Um, so I think they were like, let's capitalize on it when we can. He's going to lose to these high-level, re- like, he's not going to be Storley or Yaroslav Amosov. So, like, if you want to tout him as, like, your number one guy, he's got to go beat one of them. So, like, I think that's why you put him in the main event for it. All right, there you go. Quick and dirty Bellator picks. So that is that. Um, all right. I think I think we did everything we set out to do here. Dan, give everybody winning picks. Did we say anything memorable for me to title this episode? Nothing comes to mind currently, Dan. Maybe that will be the title then. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, I did, didn't. Didn't I? Didn't I say? Um, never mind. I I'm, I, I misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke and said something dumb at one point. So I'm just. Not, not gonna... Oh, yo! I'm gonna have to listen back then. Perhaps you did. <laughs> it's true. He does. He almost outed himself. Damn it! You've gotten smarter, Dan, over the years. All right. Um, let's put this one to bed. You can follow us on Twitter. Please do so. Jeff Fox writer. He's Gumby Reeland. Please. Um, rate and review our podcast we we hardly get any uh reviews anymore from you people even if it's just a funny joke review that is fine um making us look bad i'll, I'll even like disc golf podcasts get more reviews than we do now dan that's that's just a crying shame so rate and review if you like us even if you hate us especially if you hate gumby let us know um like i said jeff fox writer he's gumby Vreeland on twitter uh subscribe if you're not subscribing to if you're not listening to us on our specific feed make sure you subscribe to the mma gambling podcast feed so you can get our picks second they drop before the lines, before all the degens rush out and make the lines unfavorable for you. Um, read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Like I said, my UFC prediction uh, pick column will go up tomorrow. We've got lots of good stuff going up there. Dan's got basketball and baseball, and as do I. And we got every sport, like I said, even, even disc golf, even pretend horse racing, uh, Zed Run. We have a new Zed Run podcast and Zed Run articles, so... We got you covered, all your degen needs. So sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And if you want MMA specific stuff, you can read my stuff over on my Substack, which would be moneymma.substack.com. Um, very least, get in on the pick'em contest I'm running for this week. You can use the advice we just gave you here and win yourself some uh cool prizes for free over at moneymma.substack.com. And Dan has podcasts as you probably know he's got a prelim primer where he he and a wise guest. I hate when you don't have anyone on. It's just you, Dan, because I already know your picks. 
<laughs> do you have a guest this week? I do. Yeah, I was actually supposed to to record right before this, but he had a delay. So you will have uh, uh, the editor of Clutch Points MMA, Lucas Grandsire, on nice. starting tomorrow. Yes, I've heard him before. I still listen, even when it's just you, Dan, just so you know. <laughs> I'm flattered. Because you might say something funny, and I can make fun of you, but no. I guess you had it your own show, so that's why nothing funny gets through. But anyhow, listen to Prelim Primer, listen to Top Turtle. Um, I don't think there's a jinx for listeners to it, um, but who knows? My, my, it's not like my life is the best, and I've listened to every episode, so who's to say? Uh, who's on this week, Dan? Uh, so I will be talking to uh, one of our favorite underdogs of this whole card, Andre Petrovsky, oh, nice. uh, as he gets ready for the fight with Maximoff. And dangerous Davy Grant will be mm. on as well. Uh, talking about, do you know his son fights MMA already? Really? Um, yeah, he's How old got is like, this kid? I think he's like 14 or 15. He does oh, yeah, like yeah. amateur MMA. Uh, and he's 2-0. and uh, And so he talks about being both like a professional MMA fighter and like watching your kids do MMA, which is a really fun insight. Um, Davy Grant's always a good listen, man. Is he dangerous to talk to or is he safe? No, he's he's like the most pleasant dude. <laughs> he's Perfect. like, yeah, he's super nice. <laughs> did you ask Petrosky why he's such a huge dog or did you not know at the time that he was? No, like, I did ask him. I did ask him yeah. about it. Okay, and, good. Uh, so Can't wait you'll to, have to listen Don't give it to away. find out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't give it away. All right. Make sure you listen to that uh, before something horrible befalls the people that were on the podcast. So, um, all right. Let's put her to bed. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Sunday. We're going to recap. Bellator, we're going to recap UFC. Maybe we'll get your picks. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what for, but we may have picks for something depending on whether lines are posted. I won't tell you what, like I said, I won't tell you what for and get your hopes up. And then, because we're not going to pick fights if we don't have actual fighting uh, betting lines on them, because sometimes we get crazy lines like this uh, Petrovsky one. So um, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I will bid you farewell. I am the last Samurai Jeff Fox. He is Danny Gumby Reeland, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Bye.